We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hottest day of the year in the Bay right now? Probably. It's, it's that time of year where, you know, we're blessed. We get the good weather around this park, but it's getting uncomfortable. Today 93 today. What did you get? 92. Basically what is going thing. on? What is going on? Then I see the air quality's crap. I walk outside the gym and I'm like, oh, this is Asia. This is uh, exact same thing. This is too hot. A little, a little smoke. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's every year this time of year. It's It's kind of uncomfortable. Uh, we have no sports content. Football doesn't start for another, what, 10 day? Oh, sorry, Thursday night game in a week. So, but you know, Niners don't play for 10, 11 days. Um, we got, they'll, they'll do that. You know, we are getting close. NBA camp is less than five weeks away, but you're pulling at straws. You know, we can talk baseball. It's just, it is what it is. I guess we should hang out with family, do something else. Yeah. It's just kind of that time of year. But you know who's living the dream? Uh-oh. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is living the dream right now. Team USA advances. Biggest win of the tournament against Jordan. Shouldn't be surprising. The USA should not be in a competitive game with Jordan. Who You see, you see those Rondé Hollis-Jefferson highlights? They're like, oh, he's playing like Kobe. I'm just like, please just read what you wrote. Please, just A little read. ridiculous. Yeah, it's like all, all professional players, if you put them in a certain environment, are going to look amazing. But against the USA, he's not going to be that type of player, right? Yeah, I, I like him, actually, as, as an NBA player. I, I'm always a little sure. surprised like he doesn't get to play a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, I mean, these teams have got one guy, and, and he's not even like a fringe NBA player. Maybe he's not even an NBA player. Hey, actually, which reminds me, you know, I would like it if the Warriors took a look at Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Like, that would Didn't. be fun. Did then they not last year? Thought he came like in for a workout. A, he's been a camp guy a couple times. I mean, it's the same thing with him. He doesn't shoot the ball. It's not that he's a streaky shooter, so he just doesn't shoot the ball. You got to be really special to not shoot the ball. But I don't, I'm with you. He can really defend. He's a good cutter. It's he knows who he is. That's the other part of it. Like you got to appreciate a guy who he can't shoot, but he's not going to chuck. You know, like you're not right. doing that either. So I, I think I'm with you. 
because he's he's super athletic and really good defensively. Like I'm, he should be able to hang on in some capacity, but hasn't played in the NBA since I just looked it up. Oh, 2021 hasn't been able to catch on since then. Might just be an international guy now. Yeah, it's cold cold world. Uh, maybe part of it is he's just like not maybe maybe not that great defensively. Maybe it's a lot of reputation. Uh, the shooting probably leaves a lot to be desired. But I mean, if you're like looking for a late late round late bench flyer that probably is good vibes right like it's got to be worse guys and like probably prefer him than like jta even though jta is probably just better teammate for for, for the team right but i you know that probably big, doesn't he's matter. bigger better athlete probably a better defender can do a few things different but yeah i mean it's just man it's it's tough if you can't if you don't have a role in offense you just can't play in the nba anymore like there's not really room for guys who who don't have a role in offense. I know people think Draymond doesn't, but that dude's one of the smartest players and best passers you're ever going to see. He has a role in offense, just going to score. Screener. He's yeah. probably the best screener in the NBA, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Steph's probably the only guy in Jokic that can make a dude playable if, if you don't have a role on offense. And even then, I mean, look at look at the Nuggets. They've got scores and shooters around them everywhere. Even Aaron Gordon, who's not like really a score, but you watch them in the NBA Finals and the Western Conference Finals, he can score. Sure. He can score yeah. just enough. It's kind of like Andrew Wiggins a little bit. Andrew Wiggins is a better shooter, but like they can score just enough to where they can play. I, that's tough. I like him though. It's fun. It's been fun watching him. This is your Rondé Hollis Jefferson segment like of the him. show. I do like him a lot <laughs> because I just like high IQ guys. Anytime you can tell me you can put a high IQ guy that knows his role and doesn't try to do too much and can play a little defense, I'm like, dude, I'm all in. As a 13th man, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Give me him rather than um. And he's like 28, right? Big so Tony? Know, oh, for sure. You know, for sure. Big but like, Tony, think, Big Tony can shoot it a little bit. I'm thinking of like Kelly Oubre or Christian Wood, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm thinking about versus ah. those guys, right? Where it's well, those, like, guys, those guys are still unsigned. So, you know, they, they might be they might be joining Rondé in, in the Middle East. Um, you know, they play in the Middle East. I actually didn't know that. Uh, I mean, he's playing for Jordan, which is in the Middle East. But he actually plays in, uh, I want to say Spain. Puerto Rico. Oh, no. Puerto Rico. Okay. Right. Bounce around a little bit. What I was going to say, though, is uh, speaking of IQ players, Steve Kerr made a starting lineup change. Pete Kerr takes Brandon Ingram, who's their largest wing, super skilled, but isn't working, and puts Josh Hart in there. Josh Hart, 6'3". But Josh Hart is exactly what you're talking about, which is, I mean, he's kind of a hybrid of Dante DiVincenzo and, and GP2, in my opinion, where it's just like this dude knows how to play. He's going to get every loose ball. He's going to get balls that aren't loose, honestly. Like he's Spo, I, I saw Spo had a quote was like, you know, 50 50 balls. He gets the 30 70 balls, which is kind of a fair summation of Josh Hart. He had 12 rebounds in like 18 minutes today. It, it just kind of that type of player. I'm not surprised Steve Kerr loves him, but. Do what you want with Kerr. He's always going to end up back at, I don't care how big you are. I don't care what position you are. I just need you to fill a role. And it worked. And it honestly worked for Ingram, too, because he got in the second unit, got to play with the ball in his hands a little more, which is how he is effective. Uh, and he played better. And yeah, Steve, I mean, it, Steve, that's that's all Steve wants. He just wants guys who fit their role. That's where him and uh, I just thought of this. That's where him and Shanahan are just so similar. You know, those are two stubborn dudes stubborn <laughs> stubborn stubborn guys yeah. they have a type they don't vary from that type um you can argue 
I think you can argue maybe the best coaches are ones that adopt to the strengths of the players. But I think, sure. yeah, both those guys, right? Kerr and Shanahan. It's like, if you don't do these specific hyper-specific things that I like, I'm not going to like you. And they're, they're right most of the time. Cause what mm-hmm. Steve likes is winning basketball, like, is winning basketball stuff. Like you said with Josh Hart, I didn't, I thought maybe he would throw Austin Reeves in there, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Of course you keep the bench intact. Cause the bench is amazing. You want to keep Halliburton and Reeves together. You throw Ingram in there, Halliburton and get Ingram the ball. So it actually makes a lot of sense, right? You throw the role guy hard there. It makes yeah. a ton of sense. You have a, uh... You have Brunson and Anthony Edwards who want the ball in their hands all the time. You need a dude who just makes an impact without the ball in his hands. And Josh Hart's that type of guy. And if I had to venture, I bet Steve wanted to do this three games ago. But he had to play it out a little bit. And, you know, I'm sure the other coaches looked at him and they're like, how many guards do you want to play, dude? You know, you're playing Mikel Bridges at power forward now. But it gets back to our point, Steve. I mean, he proved it to us last year. I will go with a guy who understands the role over a guy who's just big, you know, and that's kind of been an evolution with the Warriors over the years. And we'll see this year. I think they added some functional size, but they're they're going back to kind of just I'd rather go with the guys who fit the role, even if they're not in the right, you know, the traditional position than not. So, I mean, look, JaVale McGee just got waived. And I don't think the Warriors are going to sniff JaVale McGee, even though he's a seven-footer. He's got some size. He was a rim runner, right? Pretty washed. But, like, he's he's a big. Christian sure. Wood's another guy that the Warriors kind of sniffed around, but they're just like, well, what's the point? He's not going to play defense. He doesn't rebound. He just wants to shoot, right? So, like, why why bring on size just for size sake? And, I mean, I, I tend to agree. You know, I, I think I'd rather have, you know, kind of more Robin Lopez type. Um mm. Maybe just Robin Lopez, but you know he was going to go play with his brother anyway. But like, I think those type of bigs are good fits in 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 the Warrior system, and the Warriors have done a lot of like Robin Lopez type players, right? Zaza, yeah, and, and the like. But um, you're right. I think they've kind of moved over Steve and and especially Dunleavy probably just to say like, hey, we just rather have Sarge as the backup big, and we'd rather have Trace Jackson Davis, who we think can play some minutes as the backup big, and it's just roll with those guys. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, I think they'd rather find another Iguodala, um, another six seven, six eight, switchy wing like a Harrison Barnes, those type of guys. But like, you, it, those aren't easy to find for cheap. And if you can't develop Kuminga to be something like that, they'd rather throw GP two out there. That's really what they've told us. They're like, we know he can do it. I don't care that he's undersized. He can do it. That's better than getting Kelly Oubre who has more of the size that you would assume you need from the wing, but has no clue how to play in the system the way they play. That's like really what it comes down to. We'll see. I don't think size was the reason they lost last year. If I'm being honest with you, I I guess I never asked you that. Do you think size is the reason they lost to Lakers? I I would say size, not like big size, Not, not, not how big they are with their fours and fives. But I think size from a wing perspective, you could uh, you could tell me that's why they lost. Like you could tell me that having to play Steph, Clay, and Poole at the same time is is very small. Like that's size to me. That's not not having a a center. Like I don't know if that matters. But yeah, you can't play three guards. So do they have more size this year? Can they throw Kaminga out there as a wing? Can they throw out more Moses Moody out there as a wing guy? Right, like so. Is that better for this team? That's more size. And can they just stick to Steph as the smallest guard? Because that's how they've always won. They've always just won with those guys. But you can't, 
I think the size issue was like you just can't play Steph Clay pool, Steph Clay Dante, Steph yeah, Dante it, Clay. Like, you that, just can't do that. But is that more a pool Dante issue? I think you could play three guards yeah, yeah. if the third guard was more of a dog defensively. Like Dante try Josh Hart. <laughs> because we're yeah, talking about Josh yeah, Hart. Kind, sure. kind of honestly. Sure. Like that's Shonda kind of what I'm getting. Getting, right? Yeah. Like they do need to get longer and more athletic. Like I'm not sitting here going like, you know what they need? They need to put GP two at the five, but I'm just saying I'd rather play a GP two than like a wing who sucks. You know, honestly, Bagbrock's right. The guard has to be good. Clay and pool are not good. Clay can defend at a higher level. He can be a little scrappier. He definitely strong enough to guard wing. I mean, to me, Clay's a wing. He's always been a wing. Uh, I would give him a B minus at best for how he played last year, even though he set a three point record and all that sort of stuff. Like I think he can do a better job defensively and kind of in getting loose balls and doing the general stuff you have to do if you play small. So yeah. there's that too, you know, I mean, pool could too, but I think it's more realistic to expect clay to maybe build upon last year. Correct. I mean, Clay is Clay is a is a wing. He should be a wing. David says Steph couldn't score versus LA's front court like he did versus Sac. I think it's a little more complicated than that. It, Steph was the best player in the series. Sorry, <laughs> he was better than AD and LeBron. He just had no support in any capacity there. I don't think his ability to score the ball was the issue. I think their ability to do anything other than Steph was the issue. I mean, St- Steve has talked about. We ran too, and people hate to hear it. And they were ran too many pick and rolls. Yeah. And Steph said it. It's like, hey, we needed a little bit of a change up. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of correct. I I think it's correct in that that was the only option that they had to score. I I think it's correct in that aspect. That was the only option that they had to score. And the Lakers guarded them like it. And yeah, Steph became less efficient because everyone knew it was coming the whole time. It worked against the Kings, right? Because they're the Mm -hmm. Kings, but, you know. LeBron team has seen this a million times, right? So it's just Steph was the leading scorer in that entire series. He also led both sides in assists and, you know, I'm, I'm here defending him, but I don't think he played particularly well either. Like, I think he, I think he can play a lot better than he played in that series, which is kind of the point, right? Yeah. Comments are asking about JaVale McGee. It's not happening. I brought that up because the, the point to me was that I think the Warriors have moved on from that type of style of basketball. Um, I also think, you're not getting 2017 or 18 JaVale. I think they'd probably sign that guy. Yeah, it's just kind of like if anyone's watched JaVale the last two years, he looks every bit of 36. It's not a – I don't think it's a slight he, – he actually had a nice run there, but it's just like he looks old. They don't need a 36-year-old big man. That's kind of where I'm at with it, right? Well, that's facts. This week's Light Years Podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. 
Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Lightyears, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code Lightyears for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Andy, we got a new segment we're doing. All right, here we go. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about this. So we are just under five weeks away from camp starting, maybe four and change. Camp for the Warriors will start October 2nd. So we've got about a month to go, a month and a couple days. And I kind of calculated it out. I think we're going to do 12 shows between now and the start of camp. 12 more of these to pull out there before we get to react to Draymond punching a new teammate. And so I was just thinking about it. I have at least 12 big questions for the Warriors. There we go. And they're probably going to get spicier as the weeks go on. And so every week we're going to do one big question for the Warriors season. One question they have to answer that, you know, can the Warriors do this and will it help them get to the next level? And and so we're going to start this week with Dario Saric. Everyone's favorite new warrior. We celebrated that Dario signing like we got KD. The numbers show it. Honestly, the Dario podcast, most downloaded non-playoff podcast we've ever had. Hilarious. People were more hyped for Dario than they were for KD in 2016. I, the numbers don't lie. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the growth of the pod, of course. <laughs> um, and so the question is, can Dario Saric be as impactful as Otto Porter was in 2021-2022? Let me frame it for you real quick. I think we all agree the Warriors were missing a big a wing that Harrison Barnes, uh, Otto Porter type, the guy who kind of completes lineup combinations for them. I'm not saying Dario has to be that exact player, but can Dario have the impact Otto had? Otto started finals games. Otto played 20-plus minutes per game in every playoff game that mattered. Sometimes Steve gave him more minutes. Sometimes it was less, but he was very clearly the third front court guy outside of Looney and Draymond, and very clearly in their like main eight-man rotation. Like You have like eight guys you fall upon. He was one of them. Can Dario Saric be Otto Porter impact-wise? So I looked at the numbers. I took the numbers from Otto Porter's Warriors, just one Warrior season. Then I took the numbers from Dario Saric's last healthy season as a Phoenix Sun. He only played 50 games uh, for he tore his ACL. So we're assuming he gets back to that player playing next to, to his old pal, Chris Paul. It is shockingly similar, averaging about – so that one Otto played a little bit more, 22 minutes – Dario was at about 17 and a half. You can argue it's kind of about the same, but they've literally got the same amount of assists, rebounds, points, shootings about the same. Otto's at 37, uh, Sarge is at 34, 35. I think the only difference, and I think this is part probably where I will say it's going to be a little bit harder for Dario Sarge to, to provide the same impact as Otto, is I do think Otto defensively was pretty damn good. I think Dario is probably more like a Nemanja Bialica defensively versus an Otto Porter. Otto Porter, when he was healthy, he was a great rebounder. He he had he had steals. He averaged a bunch of steals, blocks. He knew where to be. He was long. He was quick. 
you remember in Otto's heyday, he was an actually he was actually an elite wing defender. Yeah, Mario forward. was never that guy, right? He's never ever been that guy, even in his prime. So I, I don't know. And and obviously Otto's done now. I mean, he was injured all last season. Who knows if he plays this season? But in that one season, in he that might, one season, he might only have one foot, as far <laughs> yeah. as I know. Thanks to Rick Celebrini, Otto Porter tapped into defensively what he was when he got his max contract with the Washington Wizards. I don't know if Dario Sarge can do that. And I think that's what made Otto so great for the Warriors is that he can be that great defensively. Um, I think maybe Dario is kind of maybe you could argue he's a better ball handler, passer, stuff like that. Maybe it's a wash. Oh, he but, is. But Otto defensively, dude, like that, that's where I don't think I don't think Sarge can get there. I have a different take on it. I feel like Otto on the Warriors was a lot more physically limited than you're giving him credit for. Or that credit's the wrong word that you're you're remembering. I think his combo of length and IQ next to Draymond, who's obviously the best defender of a generation, worked. And so my question with Saric is if you put him next to Draymond, is he smart enough to make up for some of the physical limitations he has? Because he's taller than Otto, about as long as Otto in general. He's yeah, if Dario Saric gets caught in isolation against Jamal Murray, like that's a bad matchup for the Warriors, right? Like I'm just using it as an example, or really any high-end guard, right? That's not his game. But I don't I would argue Otto didn't particularly hold up that well in those situations either. They just made sure to make to make sure he didn't get into those situations. And so my question is: can Dario is he smart enough to react to Draymond calling for pre-switches and making sure he's not in those situations. Because uh, Otto was. Otto understood the game and figured out his role very quickly, and it worked seamlessly that way. Offensively, I think he'll match Otto's impact overnight. He's a better passer. He's more. He's a little more of a point forward than than Otto was. He's not the shooter right. Otto right. is. A yes. little more, but I mean... Better he's gonna fit though. in. He's gonna fit in fine. He's he's exactly the type of like pass and move type of player that the Warriors want. And I'm interested to see. Hey, I think I think this puts a lot of I don't say pressure, but it's it's a lot betting on Draymond making smart guys better defenders than they are um, individually, because that's always been Draymond's thing. Draymond sees everything. If you can keep up with him mentally, he'll make sure you aren't in an exposed location because he'll cover your ass. Right. I, I think, I, I think because it's easy, it's going to be easy to compare Sarge to the league because they're both, both European, European. guys. Yeah. yeah right. So, yeah. but I, it, he is a combo. Sarge is a combo of auto Porter and Bielitsa though. Like he, he will, he's not, because I think what made auto Porter so great too is, is to your point, he was an elite shooter for the Warriors and a super, super high IQ defender. Um, whereas for Sarge is, I don't think he's got either of those in the bag, but he does so many of the other things well. But those two hyper-specific things are so good for the Warriors. I mean, and so good for everyone else, but they're so good for the Warriors is as long as you can shoot, as long as you can shoot at the clip that Otto can shoot at, which is better than the clip that Sarge can shoot at. And then can you tap into that defensive defensive potential that that Otto always had, and then to your point, along with playing with Draymond and yeah, uh, and and Looney, that's what I think that makes him better than what Sarge is going to bring. But I mean, 
uh, Otto also played 60 games in the regular season, right? And he was hurt the whole postseason. So uh, Saric coming back from an ACL, like, is is he going to play more? I, I think he feels like an healthy, he feels like a healthier player. He doesn't feel like an injury prone player, right? So it feels like he's going to be more consistent on the floor. He's going to be out there more. But, um, dude, the upside, the high of Otto Porter was, like you said, to begin this thing, the guy started NBA Finals games. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable how good he was. Sorry, I'm going to pull some numbers for you, okay? These are Otto's numbers the three years prior to coming to the Warriors, so it doesn't count the Warrior numbers. And these are Sarich's numbers the three years coming into this. Otto obviously missed a bunch of time with injuries. He This is per 36, just to be clear, because I'm trying to uh, you know make the numbers the same. 39.6% from three. Otto obviously is one of the best shooters in the NBA, just knocked down. Two assists per 36 minutes, right. 5.2 rebounds per 36 minutes. Dario Saric, in that same span, three assists per 36 minutes, 8.7 rebounds per 36 minutes. So I do wonder in the Warriors style if they can unlock even more passing and rebounding out of him because Otto went from pedestrian passing and rebounding numbers to like pretty nice ones with the Warriors. And I'm wondering if Saric, who has better numbers in both those categories, can uh, unlock even more because I think the style of play fits him. Like it's as simple as like, it's a right fit, right system, right teammates. It's going to bring the clinical best out of you. Right. Let me ask you this. You think there are going to be games that Sarge is going to be closing? Yeah. I think he, until I see it, I think it's going to be hard to close with him versus a team with a guard who hunts bigs aggressively. Like I'm not sure they can close against a John Morant with him, you know, but I think there's matchups. They can, I think offensively he's their best player to put with the core. Honestly, like he's got the size he can shoot and he can pass and he'll rebound. He can do a couple other things. So it's like, it's about if they can find the right defensive matchup to throw him out there. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be running a matchup close this year as, as they did the last, the last year, which isn't, which isn't what people love, but they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to do it. That's I mean, going to be. They did it when they won the title, too. Like, let's be honest. Looney closed some games. Otto closed other games. And Poole even closed some yep. games. So, yeah. Yep. It'll probably be this year. Obviously. Sarge, GP2, Looney. Chris Paul. Come on, man. Oh, Don't, be a Don't be a hater. I actually, I actually forgot. But, yeah, sure. Don't Chris be a Paul. hater. <laughs> I actually forgot. Sure. I think he's going to get the first shot at it. But he should. Another three-guard lineup. It's gross to me, but sure. I, I'm 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 a CP3 optimist. I'm all in. I'm, drink, all I'm, I'm I'm drinking the CP3 Kool Aid. You know, I'm I'm all in. I never once said a negative thing about him. Anyone who says I did is lying and full of shit. So <sighs> we're gonna do this all year long. So I look. I I think the Dario's gonna get there offensively. I don't know if he's gonna get there defensively. To kind of sum it up from my perspective, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it's a look. He definitely needs to clear Jamichael Green. That's a that's that goes that goes without saying. The closer you can get to what Otto did two years ago, the more optimistic you feel about the season. And so, I'm not saying that's the expectation, but that's that's my big question. How close could he get to that? I, I think the How, bar is Bielitsa. That's the bar. It's can you be a productive regular season player? 
an Ottawa's productive postseason player, Bielitsa didn't play in the postseason, right? Barely, barely. So he had some good moments. Ask Tatum how he feels about Bielitsa. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. I'll be disappointed because these are Bielitsa's numbers. Um, And this is the number I care about. Bielitsa played 16 minutes a game. I'll be disappointed if Saric is only a 16-minute-per-game player explodes i guess that's the alternative if kuminga is so good that it turns sarge into the fourth big then i'm not going to be disappointed but i do i do think his minutes need to be closer to uh that to otto's 22 than than uh than belly 16 but we'll, we'll see that's kind of minutes in some way tells a story right like um i can't remember jamichael's minutes off the top of my head but i promise you they weren't high i promise you the more Steve saw him play, the quicker the leash came. Yeah. We'll keep moving. Oh, 14. That's correct. Yeah. Feels like 14 minutes per game is on the high end for Jermichael Green, to be honest. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually just going to pretend that never happened. So didn't work. It happens. We'll always have his, what, three or five three pointer game versus the Lakers. <laughs> so it's such a cope stat. All right. Um, <laughs> cope stat is great. We're going to end on this. You know, you, you threw out a tweet a couple days ago that had me thinking. You know, I'm I'm always I'm always deep in thought. Uh and, and you were kind of trolling that that fan. Correct. The Reddit one who was uh, you know, Bosa's getting traded. I don't think Bosa's getting traded. Friend of the show, Jason Dumas, letting everyone know that it's coming to a deal soon. And I, I tend to trust Jason. He tends to be right on these sort of things. Uh, but you did in, in your trolling, you made a good point. These windows close quicker than you think. And the Niners, for as good as they are, George Kittle is what? Is he pushing 30? He'll be 30 this season. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. turned 30 this season. Uh, Trent Williams, who's probably their best player pound for pound to positions 35 or 36. McCaffrey. I mean, how long do running backs really last? He's 27. You know, these things, you go from having the juggernaut roster to being washed really quick. And I think you know this from the Harbaugh teams. It felt like that was going to have a big run. Next thing you know, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, and, you know, Alden decides to – anyway, that's a different conversation. Um, (laughs) Next thing you know, you you don't get 10-year windows in the NFL. I'll give you I'll give you the argument and you just did half of it. So I, I, I'll give it to you. So it, it's Trent Williams thought about retiring after last season, right? You, you can imagine he's either retiring after this one or, or the one after um, it's best shot at a Super Bowl, right? And then you've got the rest of the line is mediocre. Then you've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. One of those guys are gone after the season because they're gonna have to pay one of them. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, like McCaffrey, like you said, right? It's it's running backs, right? Like he's got a year or two left, maybe prime. And then George Kittle's hurt all the time. He's hurt right now. He's hurt right now. He'll probably play 12 games this year, as he always does. Who knows how healthy he'll be? He's on um, a fantasy team. We're getting all 17. Did <laughs> you draft Jonathan Taylor? Um, so and, and then really, like the, the real problem that we get back to it um is always going to be the quarterback, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is going to have a 10-year window. Like since the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Now they might not win a Super Bowl, but they'll have a 10-year window. Like they'll they'll be able to win one or two in there as long as they got that quarterback. Sure. The Niners, because they have to have a stacked roster and they have the best roster in the NFL outside of quarterback, those things fall apart quick, man. They fall apart quick. What if Javon Hargrave is – what if he's washed? Like, they, he's older, or, right? What, they signed him to a contract. Well, he's not great, right? Or if he's just like the other guys. You get a one one to two years of 
him being a dude and then it's over, you know? So I think, I think your point is correct. And then obviously look, it's a warrior show. Steph looks like he could be Tom Brady for basketball, but we don't know everyone else on the roster. They're older. Do you see my guy Hamid Haddadi on the Iranian national team? Mm -hmm. Oh, don't be a hater. Come on, No, man. no, no. I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. No, no, no. no. Yeah, you've seen him before. You've seen oh, him no. Before. I know who he is. I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm okay. saying. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about he did something. No, I know who he is. Oh, no, he didn't do it. Oh, I okay. mean, they, they just lost some games in the FIBA <laughs> World Cup. Iran, okay. not such a stacked team. I do know my, who my, my guys are. My guys are not bringing it. He is oh. younger than Chris Paul. I just want to pull this. I just want you to think about it. The dude... Looks like your your uncle, half bald, and he's younger than Chris Paul, which is just like a you know funny way to say like they're kind of old, you know. Yeah, I you know and and so whoa, it's seven foot seven. <laughs> fuck, fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> By the way, people that are listening to the pod, not listening to the live show, uh, seven foot Sam was getting abused is thrown in the comments, and that is. <laughs> That is right. Oh. He's got some nice moves though. I'm watching his highlights right now. He's got some nice post game, little fadeaway, little drop step. It might be Iranian Jokic. Footwork and touch are there. Just you know, the at my people don't have the athleticism. Yeah, well, my people don't either. So <laughs> you, you and I both, brother. Anyway, what Not I was gonna say. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, um, you know, I, I I feel good about it, but like the athletic, you know, you don't know how long these windows are, and then the Giants, you know. Kyle Harrison, literally the first good performance I've seen out of a Giants prospect in four years. But, like, that was electric. Not going to lie. That was a very impressive start. And who knows? But he he looked like an actual player, which is exciting, right? And I'm just curious. Who do you think is going to win the next title? And oh, is Barry. Do you think one of these old teams will pull it off? Or do you think we're going to enter this period? Like, the next title won't involve Steph Curry or George Kittle or Trent Williams or Clay Thompson. And it's pretty clearly the Warriors have a, the giants are pretty clearly last and the Warriors I think are are first by maybe not a lot, but I think by a fair margin over, over the Niners, Uh, Niners have a million more question marks, right? They just, who's the QB is the coach good, like stuff like that. It's like, they've never won one, right? The Warriors are like, can we just, can we just say Steph is, Still the best player in the NBA. Clay stays healthy. Draymond has another great season defensively, right? Chris Paul buys in. Then you've got Wiggins. Kaminga takes a leap. Like those things are not unbelievable. You, right? you just listed like eight questions. <laughs> <laughs> and your only niner question is like, will Bosa sign a contract? And was Brock Purdy not an anomaly? So. <laughs> Well, you know, the the question with Brock Purdy is 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 a lot more questionable than saying, you know, is Andrew Wiggins going to show up this season and play some basketball? You know, I'll, I'll take my chances with Wiggins, I think, than, uh, than, than good old Brock Purdy, who I like, but, you know, he's probably more, he's probably you've more. Seen the, you've seen the Warrior guys finish it. That's what it comes down to, right? Like, you've seen. I've seen Steph Curry play basketball. Yeah. I've seen, right? They have Steph. They have the Mahomes. You, the you do, yeah. Have. The, the Warriors have proven to us if you put the right pieces around Steph, they will finish the job. End of story. So I agree with you. I was hoping you would uh I was hoping you'd go full forever giant being like, it's just you know. they're so far away. They're so <laughs> far away. Their prospects just I, I was I was telling a, a I was telling Guy Guy Haberman, friend of the show, mm-hmm. and uh he 
you know, he's, he covers the Niners, but we were talking about the Giants and I had tweeted, you know, the Giants, they brought up all these prospects this year, Luis Matos, Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Casey Schmidt, Patrick Bailey. And I'm looking at all these guys and I'm just like, that's cool that they brought them up, Elliot Ramos. But I'm like, are any of these guys stars? <laughs> and I, and no, look, they're 21 years old. They're 22 years old. So they might end up being, and it looks like Kyle Harrison's probably going to be a star. But are any of these guys going to be Ronald Acuna? Are they even going to be Austin Riley? Are they even going to be any of these guys that that end up being very, very good? I don't know. And so you're really only telling me, like, all right, Patrick Bailey's a great defensive catcher. And Kyle Harrison's, what? what is he? He's probably going to end up being as good as, as Matt Cain, probably as a floor, which is cool. But, boy, they need, like, Marco Luciano to be Wander Franco. Like, they need something like that to happen. They do not, absolutely not do Wander, not need him. Not, not Wander Franco <laughs> off the field. Wander Franco on the field, right? You walked so, into that one. I'm sorry. I, I'm just thinking of <laughs> great short stops, right? Um, that he's, oh. I think he, is he cooked? Is he just never going to play a game again in the in the, Bro, in the MLB? They're going to they're going to erase him from the the the, the record books. He's he's, he's gone. <sighs> never <sighs> happened. Yeah. Going to pretend. I don't know if the allegations are true. Honestly, they should. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, yeah, to your point, it's you got two older teams with with cores, one that's got it done, one that's got to the verge of getting it done. Mm-hmm. And then you got a third team where you're like, wow, they had a pitcher do a really good thing and he looks like he might be good. Uh, and and so, yeah, not ready to not ready to buy into the youth movement in uh, AT&T Park being the next big thing. They so. need a. They need some. They need a guy this offseason. They need two. If they don't, if they, if my my dream is that the Dodgers end up not paying Shohei because Shohei can't pitch for a year, so maybe they end up not not paying him as much, and the Giants jump in there and just completely overpay him. You know, just offer him like eight hundred million dollars. But I don't know. Knowing the Giants, probably not. But uh, I would say <laughs> Warriors comfortably, comfortably as the one that's closest to a championship. I don't know if that's a hot take. It's Chris. It's Chris Paul, baby. That's you know they they got a winner. My guy Mike Dunleavy called him the winner's winner. You know, is right there. I think I'm with you. We'll be back. Appreciate everyone listening in. Have a great Labor Day weekend.